You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Stag Sports Wrap here on the Stag Sports Network. It has been a minute since we have done this show, or really it's been over a month, but there is a reason why we did that. We'll explain all of that in just a second here, but J.J. Duke here with someone that actually hasn't been on this show for now (laughs) two months' time, but my co-host Drew Kingsley is back. Drew, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to see the spring almost in full swing, just about full swing, and yeah. uh, just ready to go, ready to uh, ready to talk about it, and then ready to get out of there and go do it. Weather pending, of course, because yes, now sir. we've finally come into this time. It's like, oh yeah, all these teams are playing all up and down the Eastern Seaboard. Come back up here in March. Today is the Monday uh, before, like the first baseball softball home. Actually, no, I take that back because softball did play at home over uh, the last couple of days. We'll get into that in a moment and a reason why that was the case. But yeah, we're looking at it, it's like it's going to be great, and then all of a sudden, rain is going to come in. <laughs> which you know, this isn't lacrosse where baseball and softball need Mother Nature to also be having a a smiling face to it. No, well, that's going to be uh, fun. But yes, as you're right, it's great to have all the teams in action to kind of get things really busy, but that's kind of how we like it. Uh, The reason why we had a long hiatus of this show is, well, one, we wanted to knock out all those previews to kind of give you guys at home the idea of what to expect for a number of our spring teams. Um, But then, yeah, the fact that everybody's been on the road back again and literally logging in a lot of miles. Drew, we've had teams playing in Florida. We've had teams playing in Virginia and the Carolinas every and maybe even a couple teams a little bit more north of here we'll get to that yeah they, but they've basically um they've traveled everywhere but it's nice that we're finally going to have as you said starting this Friday up until late May Fairfield teams that's not basketball at home yeah love the uh love the road schedule to an extent you know you love having your teams go out there and uh really, you know, simulate the action of conference play, put themselves in some challenging positions and see how they fare. But more than that, I really do love when they're home and I can yeah. uh, get some, uh, get them in front of the home fans, get them in front of me, because I haven't seen these teams a whole lot in person. So ready to get that rolling. As I say, we'll tell you about all about the uh, names and faces before they come up for their first at-bat. Um, shout out to Major League, of course. We always tend to quote that a lot because it's a great movie um but the other reason why we had a bit of a break is because basketball was winding down obviously getting into their respective mac tournaments so i uh, wanted to allow that to breathe and you know if you want your perspectives on basketball i just recorded the last episode of the fast break with coach carly podcast so that will be going up shortly on the stack sports network podcast channel so if you want to get your basketball perspectives on how the seasons end head on over there but yeah let's get into drew um baseball is always a good place to start since we've already kind of talked about it enough here and they're the team that when we spoke with um matt bergman mike handel you can understand why there was a bit of frustration and how the season ended last year um regular season champions but a quick exit from the mac tournament and the way that they have gone on to the field and started the season i'm not surprised that they've went against some very good ball clubs and are coming back up north with an above 500 record. Oh yeah, the uh, the Stags are hitting the cover off the ball to uh, not bury the lead here. They're uh, 
not just leading the MAC, they're close to leading the country or in the top top third, top quarter of the country in a lot of offensive categories. And as we saw this past weekend, the pitching was a little behind the hitting, starting to come into form now yeah. uh, with that series at Fordham. Uh, three very good outings. If we see outings like that, we could be talking about a lot of max series wins as we get into the conference schedule here. And usually you've, you know, we always have this banter. We've basically started the show because it's a real life version of our text chain that's talking about Fairfield sports. But I think you've kind of coined it best about what to expect for Fairfield, especially with their bets. Don't let the Stags get into your bullpen. It is a scary offense. You're talking about how they're ranking nationally. And yes, um, coming into this week, they're in the top 30 in homers. So proving that last year's 75 team homers is not a fluke. This team will crush the ball. They lead the league in average, only team in the MAC hitting above 300. The homers, obvious. Leading the leagues in runs. RBI, slugging, fielding percentage as well, which is a nice shout. You've got Mike Bichetti, who's leading the league in average, hitting way over 420, which is something that you don't get usually. You you talk about how the pitching is catching up a little bit. There's no spring training, per se, to have these things worked out. You've got to be ready with the bats from day one, and sometimes you'll have teams that struggle, especially with those teams from the south, like you saw that we've played um, Coastal, their barn, obviously one of the premier programs, not just mid-major, premier programs. VCU played them a few times. North Florida, Stetson, they get to hit outdoors all season or all year long. We get to hit outdoors when we first play our games. Um, you know, we went to Coastal and put up seven. I mean, that's something that doesn't happen with any regular team from the north. Yeah, there's. Baseball, softball might be the sports where it's the hardest to really come out of the gates firing on all cylinders coming from the northeast. Yep. And as you said, the Stags went down south, uh, You know, took some off, some won a couple of A-10 series between GW and Fordham, took another A-10 win. Is VCU still in the A-10? They are still in the A-10. <laughs> yep. still in the A-10. This is the time of year where I get caught up on these things. So yeah, just picking up these wins and other strong performances like against Coastal, against these uh, higher-level teams, and they really just came out firing at a level that uh, we knew th- we know they're a good team. There's plenty of proof of that, but to come out in February and early March and do that is something I don't know if we expected. I mean, you, you sense a feeling in the group that they kind of expect and hold themselves to a standard that they are a team, showing also that the 21 season wasn't a fluke, that they're a team that should be talked about as one of the better teams in the nation. They're proving that. Um, that opening week, the – close loss to Coastal, uh, took Middle Tennessee down, who's a team that always regularly is amongst the best in their league. Um, You mentioned about the VCU game split uh, with Stetson, which is always a team that we kind of struggle with. Um, North Florida as well, yeah, lost two out of three, but they put up double-digit runs in two of those games. It just proves that, again, the, the hitting certainly there. And you hit it right with the Fordham series, that the pitching is starting to come around. We saw Jake Noviello struggle early in game one, but got into a rhythm and logged seven innings. And then we saw Colin McVeigh in the series finale throw seven scoreless, only allowing six hits, and then Peter Austinson does the job. I think you know, usually you want to see your rotation start to get into a good rhythm about now leading into the first max series. Sometimes you can expect, okay, crazy weather might happen. You might have just windy days. The ball's going to fly out at any ballpark. Um, but once you get into April, you really want the rotation to go. But I think right now the things are trending positively that that first series against Siena scheduled for this weekend at home, if things look right, 
Yeah, you're looking at a 3-0 star right out of the gate. Yeah, well, here's the funny thing. Having said all that we just said about Fairfield baseball, yep. right now everybody's 0-0. Zero this zero. is true. Yep. This isn't 2021, and that large bid is probably off the table. So take all those positives, of course. You're very happy with how you're swinging the bats, very happy with how the pitching's starting to come into form. But you're 0-0, zero zero, so yep. Siena, so are so it's every other team in the MAC. Yep, that'll be a fun series. Uh, scheduled again, starting on Friday the 24th to run through Sunday the 26th. But as we also alluded to at the top of the show, Mother Nature may be sending some uh, alterations to that schedule because it's going to rain. Uh, so make sure to stay with us on FairfieldStacks.com. I didn't mention Mike Pichetti. Also should mention Charlie Pagliarini, who is smoking the ball right now. He's either first or second in the MAC. An average slugging, o- uh, on-base percentage, OPS, runs, RBI, and homer. My God. <laughs> That's, a <lot. laughs> That's a lot from the get-go. Um, but, yeah, that top of the order is scary. Um, the other bat and ball sport, softball. Now, this is a little bit of a strange one here, and this is where you were talking about how the hitting catches – or, excuse me, the pitching catches up to the hitting. Softball, I kind of allude this to to a hard luck team in three different facets. One, the quality of opponent that they're playing. Um, we spoke about with – Caitlin Hoffman, Megan Forbes, and their season preview a couple of weeks ago. And if you haven't listened to those, make sure to go back. Um, you've got some great perspective from those two baseballs we mentioned, also men's and women's lacrosse. They're more into their season, but you still hear it from a number of players. Uh, they knew that they were going to be sent the gauntlet a little bit. One thing that also wasn't taken into account was the fact that they've had eight games canceled due to weather. Um, which you just you don't get that rhythm. You 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 start the season. Okay, they go down to Florida in the uh, tournament at Stetson, win the first three, lose the last two, but those were tight two and three run losses. And then all of a sudden you're sitting around and waiting for two and a half weeks for your next game um, because you get a couple of games knocked out at Virginia. And then you play George Mason, who are on the up in the A10. You lose by a run. Virginia at home, tough team to play. You'd lose to DePaul by one team that got into the Big Ten, or excuse me, the Big East tournament. Then you play Maryland the week after, who are a team that perennial powers in the Big Ten. Liberty, one of the solid teams in their league. It just goes on and on. Uh, Coach Brzezinski set off a, a very challenging schedule, so I'm not surprised to see that the pitching is not fully come into form, but you look at the opposite side of things, you've got six hitters hitting above 270, so it's very much when everything clicks, look out. Yeah, I don't I don't know that anybody in that dugout in that locker room is worried. You, you'd like the, the win-losses, so you'd always like to be better, unless you're undefeated, you'd like yeah. them to be better, but when you look at performance, you look at trends, you look at things like that, I think this team is ready to turn the page, get some home games under their belt, some yep. Not just home games, but some more local road trips as well. Less less time in hotels, more time in your dorm and it, you know together as a team and on your own field and all that. And I think uh, I think they're up for it. I don't think anybody's discouraged by this. I think they're just focused on the goal at hand, which same as baseball, zero and zero. So is yep. everybody else in the MAC. Well, it's funny because they'll actually have softball another two weeks before their league gets going. They ended up this being softball. They had their trip, which I know. Uh, a lot of the team were really excited about this trip to Kansas, that they were going to play the Jayhawks twice, Nebraska, Tulsa, and UMKC. That got canceled because of weather. So luckily enough, there's been a number of teams that have had games get called off to weather. So who do you call 
a team that's won 93 games since the start of the 21 season in Boston <laughs> University. Um, and, you know, Fairfield, yeah, they, they got shut out in both games. This is this past Saturday, games that were played here at Fairfield. So a nice little chance for Fairfield to get on their home dirt because they weren't scheduled to be at home until April the 1st. So they played to lose 9 nothing the first, lose 2 nothing in the second, but Again, BU are teams that are just as good as a number of the teams that I've mentioned. And Sam Lindsay turned in one of her best performances in the circle. We know Allie Bridgman has put in some good shifts in the circle as well. And um, you mentioned those close games coming up. Central away this Wednesday, Sacred Heart away this Thursday, then next week at, at Hartford and at Yale. Those are games I think Fairfield, it's, it's much more the litmus test where you want to see where you are before Ryder comes into open league play in the first. Yeah, I think they're uh, you know it's almost different portions of the season, and they you know they've cleared what you termed that gauntlet, and it certainly proved to be with a lot of top teams, and now they're they're getting into the MAC and the local competition, the regional competition, and uh, this is where they can put all those all those lessons, all those reps to work. Yep, keep an eye, of course, on our top three hitters: Morgan Sylvester, uh, Megan Forbes, and Caitlin Hoffman, all hitting above three hundred, which again against very good pitching. That's going to translate into big days at the office. Starting again on April the first in league action, Fairfield will be at home against Ryder for a doubleheader on that Saturday. The following. Uh, Sunday against the Mount, who, by the way, very good ball club as well. I saw them in their final games of the NEC tournament last year, as I called that. Keep an eye on this one player, Abigail Perry. At five foot one, she crushes the ball. I think she had double-digit homers last year. Watch out, because she may be little, but she is mighty. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the diamond. Now we move on to the teams that have been going a little bit longer uh, that we've seen a few times already this season. That would be lacrosse. And we start on the women's side because it always seems that <laughs> Laura Field always has a talented group. And once again, Drew, at 5-3 and three in non-conference play and a few very solid wins in there as well. This is a team that we've heard their motto. They want to be ranked this year. They want to be known as a team that can challenge to win games in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're they're off to a great start. Five and three on paper is you know one win above average, but yeah. it, when you look at the schedule, you look at how they've how they've presented themselves. Win over Hofstra, a win over Vermont, who by the way won the America East last year. Went to overtime with UConn, played a one goal game with Drexel, who's becoming a bit of a national power in they, their own. Well, they right. won the CAA last year, so Absolutely. yeah, that's that. Those are two defending conference champions, actually three, because Fairfield beat Wagner. Uh, the defending champs of the, or excuse me, not defending champs. They, the heir to be, if you will, because Bryant <laughs> and the Mount have left, but they also won the league in 2019. I mean, that's a lot of really good teams coming through that with a five and three record, and the way that they're putting some teams away is really impressive. I mean, even this past Wednesday, Fairfield goes to Sacred Heart, horrific conditions. We're talking 25 mile an hour sustained winds. It was maybe 35 degrees out. And Fairfield go and get into double figure lead early in the ball game. Yeah, they uh, that that was a take care of business game, and yeah. they certainly took care of business against Sacred Heart. And um, like we said, these other games, you know, Coach Field will tell you they're not out for 
participation trophies in those games. They don't want to just play well and lose to UConn, play well and yep. use, lose to Drexel. And she's right. But from a fan perspective, it is still very encouraging, very exciting to see how they're playing against these teams. Absolutely. Uh, notably, Elizabeth Toledo, second in the league in goals per game. Libby Rowe and Olivia Duty, top 10 in the league in assists per game. Uh, Libby and Elizabeth, top 10 in points per game. Casey Collins, third in the league in goals against. Riley Harrell's basically um, it's her and uh, Nicolette LaVista, the one-two punch at the draw. One's taken, the other's getting. They're averaging close to between the two, about nine or ten per game. Lindsey Barnes, one of the best defenders statistically in the nation, it has to be said. Um, yeah, tough team. Tough team, and teams know that. Probably un- annoyingly for Fairfield, they're in this two-week break period. Um, schedule-wise, because they got a bye in the nine-team max circuit. So they have to wait around till they play Iona on Wednesday the 29th, and you know that they're going to be chomping at the bit once they get out there. Yeah, somebody has to get the bye on the first week, and the, the roulette wheel fell at Fairfield this time around. So they end up with a bit of a break. I asked Coach Field this morning, actually, did you wake up in a cold sweat on Saturday thinking you were forgetting something? And she said yes, to be fair. <laughs> so, yeah, she's certainly ready to go. The team's ready to go, and I think by the time they get to Iona, what is that, next Wednesday, they, they will be more than ready to go. Yeah, and the next time you can catch them at home will be on the 1st of April, uh, which will be against Maris, which will actually be game two of the doubleheader. And, in fact, it seems like it's going to be a very busy day here at Fairfield Athletics because there's going to be a lot of teams home on April the 1st. One of those teams would be men's lacrosse, who are coming off of a very important dare I say swing game that could control the fate of the season in terms of the CAA for the Stags as they went down to Hofstra. Yes, it says a one-goal victory in there at 12-11. We all know that the CAA men's lacrosse, it ain't over until all 60 minutes are played, and usually games are decided by one goal. But the fact of the matter is, and Drew, you watch this game, this is now we're starting to see the build of this team come together. The pieces are there. We know that Jack McKenna is one of the top scorers in this league. We know that Bryce Ford's going to do a lot of big things on the offense. We now have a solid goalie in Will Snyder who's really stepping up and showing his maturity as a freshman. And then you've got Dylan Smith doing the job at X amongst a few others. The pieces are there to have a nice run in uh, to the second half of the season. Yeah, it is. It's it's a young team. And you won't hear anybody inside that locker room use that as an excuse. I'm yep. not even using it as an excuse. I'm just stating a fact. It is a very young team up and down in terms of literally their age, their class year, or their experience level. But they they took some lumps a little bit trying to figure it out. They also had some very good performances yeah. trying to figure it out. And uh, things are definitely starting to come together. You know, the Dylan Smith went up against statistically the top faceoff man in the CAA, Chase Patterson was winning about 63%. Dylan goes 13 for 26. That's I can do that math. That's 50%. So that was a pretty good showing for him. Uh, he got rolling. He looked very good winning a lot of those draws himself. I think he had nine ground balls uh, on those 13 wins. Uh, yeah, Will Snyder in goal was CAA Rookie of the Week right off the right out of the gates, and he's made some tough saves, had some uh, big-time performances with double-digit saves as he stepped into that starter role. The attack... Um, I don't want to undersell it by saying we knew what we were going to get, but you knew what you were going to get in a good yeah. way as far as it's a very talented group. The midfield is brand new from last year, the the first-line midfield, but those guys are really showing out. Will Consoli, uh, JJ, a little spoiler for you because it won't be announced for another couple hours, but CAA Rookie of the Week 
after scoring four goals against Hofstra. Rob Moore also on that starting group. Jake Gilbert on that starting group. On the defensive end, Braden Lynch is back. He missed a couple of games. I was going to also say there's a lot of pieces coming back to the picture as well as Fairfield. They were decimated with injuries and with illness. And I know I've had a number of conversations with Coach Baxter about the fact that they've had to plug guys into roles that they were not expecting to at any point in the season. And and credit to the players that stepped up and said, yeah, I'll do a job or at least do it to the best of my abilities. And you look at some of the teams that Fairfield played in the build-up to that Hofstra game, Lost to Richmond by two. They're four and three, but the three losses are against nationally ranked teams, two of those against the top two teams in the nation. Bryant by two goals. You lose Dylan Smith uh, in the first three minutes of the game. Tim Lucky does an amazing job at X, and Bryant are a team that are five and two and won their America East opener and probably a team that's going to fly under the radar in national polls, but they may be a team that you don't want to face come in May. And, yeah, I, I think right now the way that this group is looking to get everybody healthy and ticking at the same level, why not? You go down a thousand who have lost six straight, who says that Fairfield can't go there and come away with a performance that they'll be happy with and build on that to Drexel, which is another big swing game. That ended up being the difference last year, an 18-17 loss. If that gets reversed one way, Fairfield's in the postseason last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm becoming a broken record, but that's because it's true. It's <laughs> This, this everybody was zero and zero before this week. You know, yep. Fairfield went into Saturday. They were they were two and five. They weren't happy about that. But the fact was, they could have come. They could have woken up Sunday morning at one and zero or zero and one, and they woke up at one and zero. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to build on that. As I said, Towson away next Saturday, and then home to, excuse me, to Drexel on the first in a day that, hey, if fingers crossed, it's going to be lovely weather. I'm just going to speak it into existence. It's going to be lovely weather on April the first. You've got. Uh, Softball in action, you've got men's and women's lacrosse in action, you've got a team that we're going to talk about next, men's and women's tennis are going to be in action at home that day as well. So there is plenty of reason to get over here and enjoy that lovely, I'm going to again speak it into existence, lovely Saturday, April the 1st. And yeah, men's and women's tennis, another one of those teams that are building towards league play. We, we often see Coach Bricker and his group out there they're just grinding away. They actually just spent the last week down in Florida getting match uh, ready, facing a couple of really tough teams. And you know, there, there's an expectation with that group. The men are the projected favorites. We haven't actually spoken about this yet because the preseason polls have come out since our last recording. Men are projected favorites. The women are close second to Quinnipiac, and the women have beat Quinnipiac before in, you know, when it needs to happen. So there's a real belief that those teams can go 1-2. Well, that's 1-2 and two, two wins and be dancing in May. Yeah, these teams... Um... They've they've got talent up and down the lineup, one through six in singles, one through three in doubles. It's uh, they're they're great groups. They work really hard. They're uh, the men most recently played Marquette to a four three loss without Kaya Gore, the back to back MAC Player of the Year. That's a Big East team going down to the wire with them. Um, I I'm just gonna give you one guess what their MAC records are right now. It's a broken record of zero and zero because they don't play until this coming Sunday. <laughs> but but the point being, yeah, they 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 have been grinding away, picked up some impressive wins as teams, and also individuals along the way picking up some impressive wins, and uh, really looking forward to seeing those lineups healthy and yep, ready, ready to, to go. go. Because it's interesting how MAC tennis works. It literally you stop non-conference play at the last Saturday of March, and it just comes. 
quick. You're playing every other day, basically, until April the 22nd when uh, Fairfield hopes to have both of their teams at the MAC Championships down in New Jersey. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Another team that has gotten going a little bit during the period that we haven't recorded, that would be men's golf. They just competed in an event in, well, not just, it was back uh, early March in South Jersey, finished second of seven teams in a two-day event, and you saw uh, Patrick McCarthy and Killian McGinley finish T5. Both men and women took a trip down to Florida to get some much-needed warm weather rounds of golf in before you come back up north, and we've spoken to a number of athletes. It's not easy to golf in 40-degree weather here in the Northeast, but they know that they're ready to get themselves going. We should mention we did not say the women's side because they haven't actually started their spring slate of events. They will start on the first. Men's and women's rowing return to action on March the 25th. We will cover those teams in our next show. So, Drew, that ends actually all of our spring teams. We do have one winter, well, really it's all season long team that competes. That would be swimming and diving. Uh, We did speak about their triumphs on the women's side in the MAC championships back in early February and the men finishing fourth. But the men and the women competed at the um, NSCAA National Invitational out in Indiana in mid-March and had a number of fantastic finishes in there. A lot of PRs, a lot of school records that were sent. We saw a lot of the athletes that excelled in the MAC championships, most notably Irini Pappas, who was the swimmer of the event on the women's side, carry that over uh, to this event. And again, this is just building off of what, and if you want to go to uh, fairfieldstags.com, great write-ups in all three days because there's, again, a lot of athletes that we could speak about who broke what PR, who broke what team record. You can go check that out for yourself. But this really fulfills a solid first season under uh, Coach JC and a lot of good things to come. Yeah, it's becoming a nice little tradition um, for swimming and diving to head out to that national invitational um after the max it's uh it's something to look forward to something to you know obviously the goal is and will continue to be sending swimmers and to ncaa's but in the meantime to get to compete against that next level yeah and you know your time is your time so to really get to put it next to some of these higher level schools that you have schools that are there because they have too many going to ncaa so then they the other part of the roster goes to the National Invitational. So you swim against Power Fives. You swim against a team like Tennessee, and then you'll swim against a lot of really strong mid-majors as well. Yeah, absolutely, and it's that national profile that you want. You want to be seeing your school's name against those top schools. So congratulations to all the athletes that competed in that event in Indiana a couple of weeks ago, and wish you all the best in your summer training before getting back into the pool, and it'll always be here before you know it uh, come next September. So, again, that's all the action that we have on the courts and fields of play. But, Drew, there's been actually some ins and outs on the the coaching side here and something that we don't often actually get to talk about. But one coach in, um, our new volleyball coach, and this is one that – we, again, because we haven't had the chance to discuss all this, we saw that Todd Kress uh, elected to take a venture and a journey elsewhere um, – we wish him all the best, and obviously we'll speak about him in that journey in just a moment and what he's done to Fairfield Volleyball, but a new head coach coming in, in fact, on the morning that we're recording just announced. Yeah, Coach Nancy Samara coming in um, to take over for Coach Kress and lead Fairfield Volleyball. She's got a, a tremendous 
tremendous volleyball journey being an all Pac-10 player at USC from 85 to 89, uh, leading the teams at Oregon State and South Carolina, recently getting back into the head coaching world at Johnson and Wales, turning them into a top 10 program in the nation and just a, a, a monster in a, their now former conference, the GNAC, winning that six seasons in a row. Um, had a couple years going undefeated into the NCAA tournament, finishing 33-1 and and then 35-1. and Just has a, a tremendous pedigree for volleyball. I've had a chance to meet her during the process. Just a has a great, great mindset to come into a place like Fairfield and take over a team that achieves at a high level in everything they do on the court academically and just a team full of great people as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, confidence always breeds success and someone that has had a lot of success in wherever she's gone, that's somebody that you, you kind of need to have uh, in this program because Todd Kress departs going to San Jose State. I mean, what can you say about a man that we haven't already spoken about what he's done to this program? I mean, credit to him for the fact that he basically saw the ceiling and said, no, I'm not satisfied with that. I'll smash it with both fists and see how hard and how far I can take this team. And he frankly did that with Fairfield Volleyball. Now he has an opportunity uh, at San Jose State to go on and continue his excellent coaching record. And you needed someone to have success and Nancy to come in, someone that has been around the sport for so many years and you know has is in a volleyball family. I mean, we're when you said the name to me, I was like, why does that last name sound familiar? Oh, right, because her daughter Miley is one of the best liberos, not in the Ivy, but really in the region. <laughs> yes, her, her daughter plays at Yale. Her husband, Ben, is the head coach at Wesleyan. Uh, volleyball family um, lives and breathes the sport, and that's that's something we're very happy to see here at Fairfield. So we look forward to um, you know seeing Nancy work with this group, and perhaps we'll get her on here at some point and have a conversation with her and the expectations to come. So those are one in, one out, but we'd also be remiss if we didn't mention a former longtime Fairfield assistant and also uh, someone that played on the team here at school, Johnny Raj, who will be departing to coach Division Three College of Mount St. Vincent in Riverdale, New York. So fortunately, if we need to go see him, it's not too far of a drive. But he's getting his first opportunity as a head coach in college soccer. And I mean, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we love all of our coaches equally, but he is someone that people always thrive being around. And I know he's going to do a heck of a job down there. Yeah, Johnny, as a player, as a coach, and just as a person you love to have around the building, just uh, will be missed. And uh, just the outpouring, you can go go see it for yourself on social media, the, the uh, outpouring from Fairfield, from people who work here, from people who played for him, and just from people that follow Fairfield. Everybody loves Johnny Raj, and we're, we're certainly rooting for him. Absolutely. So all the best to Johnny and his new venture down in Riverdale. So that's going to do it for this episode as we kind of wanted to have this show be very much a recap show of what has been happening over the last month. As we said, things are going to be now happening thick and fast here at Fairfield where we're going to have all of our spring teams back on campus and make sure to stay with us on fairfieldstags.com uh, for any news and notes, when you can catch your teams, when you could watch teams if you can't make it out here. And uh, we hope to see you around the fields and courts of play very, very soon. But when we come back in two weeks, I'm We'll get back to our regular schedule of recording every other week. We will have conversations with all of our student athletes and getting their perspective on things. Drew, good stuff, and we'll uh, talk to you then.
Thanks, everybody. Really happy to be back. Absolutely. So for Drew, I'm JJ signing off. You've watched late, or listened to the latest episode of the Stag Sports Wrap, and we'll talk to you next time. Until then, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.